Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We are in uh, Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 9 today. We'll be looking at uh, verse 1 down to verse 14. And as we get started again, King Solomon has been trying to figure out the meaning of life from the viewpoint of the people who don't believe in God or who don't have God in their life. And he's already written the book of uh, he's already written the book of Proverbs, which says basically God is the center of everything and you can't have anything or even wisdom itself without God in it. So now Solomon is here trying to look at uh, uh, man's interpretation of life without God and nothing he does can come to any uh, outcome without God. And he says, basically, all is vanity. He's looked at it. Man's trying to figure out uh, uh, the world in, in putting his, um, his uh, understanding through science or wisdom or philosophy or the pleasures of this world or materialism of this world, living for the here and now, or kind of a fatalism viewpoint, like whatever will be, will be, or egotism, whether just, you know, that um, uh, oneself is sort of the um, uh, center of the of the world and center of whatever's right for you is right for you, whatever's right for me is right for me, or putting one's faith in just the religion, or religion for religion's sake, you know, without God, of course, but still being pious, having all your faith uh, based on your money or your wealth or your power or your prestige. Uh, and now we're looking at, at just trying to figure out how to live uh, a moral life or a good life uh, or trying to figure out the uh, life um, based on just doing the right things. All of these ways man can try to live a life or try to live uh, a wise life, but that wisdom doesn't have God in it, they all come to the same conclusion. And Solomon not only looks at it from the philosophy point of view, he actually tried to live each of these ways. And so, again, he's the most wealthy man in the world. He's the most powerful man in the world at this time. And he basically walks the walk that all the philosophers and all the people in the, these college 
campuses and, and you know, are just talk about. He's actually put them into practice and lived them out with all the resources available to him, trying to figure out, is there a way to, to come to any conclusion in wisdom without God? And basically, all is vanity. And vanity, he uses this over and over. I think the word vanity uh, throughout uh, these sections um used almost i think 37 times over and over and over through these little 12 chapters so vanity of course translates down into a vapor or a breath or nothing or something that is uh gone in just a few seconds it's like trying to chase after the wind and so uh literally chasing after your own wisdom in life or after uh the the things of this world uh in that uh they are wise for you or that they are something you put your faith on that's like chasing after a breath of air or it's just here for a, just a few seconds and then forgotten so with that being the backdrop for this he dives in and he's he's expanding on this section that we started uh yesterday which is sort of the hypocrisy of trying to live, quote, this good life. We started this in chapter 7, the do-gooder life, the person who's just trying to live a good life. Not get too, uh, not, he gets to the, comes to the conclusion, don't get too religious, you know, or and don't get too evil. Just try to stay in the middle because the religious person basically doesn't really enjoy life and the evil person's probably going to end up dying too soon. So try to play it safe. So now he's come to this this grand conclusion of all these different uh, lifestyles and all these different arguments. He's coming to this. Now we get to this. Here we are at, ver- at chapter 9. This is with this backdrop that we start. So... Verse 1, but all this I laid to heart. In other words, he examined all this in his heart and examining it all, okay, checking it all out, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, okay? So everybody's deeds are, you know, sort of in the hand of God, a godly person, in other words, no, no matter how wise you are, no matter how righteous you think you are, um, you don't know what's going to happen to you, okay? It's all in God's hands. You have no idea about how to predict life, okay, or what's coming. You can be as righteous as you want, and the next day you could come up with cancer, or you could have some tragedy, okay? You could be as smart as they come. And then you turn around and something is going to happen you have no control over. So all the wisdom that you pile up doesn't help you out. And all of the piety and the righteousness that you pile up, it really doesn't help. Because right around the corner, something else is going to happen you have no control over. You have no prediction over. Your righteousness won't help you. And your wisdom won't save you. Or your wisdom won't save you and your righteousness won't help you. Whatever you want to look at. He says, whether, this is in verse 2. No, I'm sorry, this is continuing verse 1. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. 
Both are before him. So whatever's coming, whether it's love for you or hate for you or something against you or something for you, you don't know. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, okay? To him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice, okay? So he's kind of giving a little comparison here, because the same events happen to everybody, whether no matter how good you are or how wicked you are, no matter how good or pure evil you are or whether you try to obey the law by making sacrifices like it was supposed to say, or him who doesn't obey the law and doesn't make his sacrifices like he's supposed to. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. Okay, so take make your choices. You can be good, you can sin, you can swear oaths, or feel like you're not going to swear oaths. Or who live a life clean or unclean. You know, following the law or not following the law. Or whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile. The same thing is going to happen to everybody. And he says, this is an evil that in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Okay? So this is sort of now sort of like saying, every, no matter who we are, no one can get out of this thing alive. Okay? And uh, <clears throat> nobody knows what's going to happen. It's all chance. It's sort of all, or it's in the hands of God. And really, you don't have a way out. Okay, in verse 4 he says, But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. So, at least being alive, you've got some hope. Okay, so you've kind of got this hope because you're alive, and it doesn't matter if you're just a measly little living dog. You know, at least you're alive. You're not, even if you're a mighty lion, but if you're dead, doesn't matter. For the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. Okay? Again, a very bleak outcome on life. A very bleak um, uh, sort of synopsis of... um, of the way it turns out. And this sort of philosophy, uh, this is, this is as McGee points out, this is the only conclusion you can come to when you try to have a life without God. This is, these are the only facts that, that ring true when you have uh, a philosophy based on a worldview without God in it. Okay? Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how evil you are, you don't really know anything, and uh, when your time's up, your time's up. And this is sort of um, a humanistic view, okay? Humanism 
is sort of the modern day atheism. So whether whether people call themselves atheists or whether they call themselves humanists now, I think the atheists now don't want to be called atheists because it's has so many negative uh, connotations to it. So they'd rather be called humanists, you know. And they're the humanistic creeds basically um, want to be able to pursue the enjoyment of life and the higher things in life without um, free from uh, the oppression of religious piety, you know, freedom from God, freedom from religion. <clears throat> That's what these modern-day atheists' <clears throat> viewpoint is, is they say, you know, religion or belief in God is sort of like belief in witchcraft or belief in things that bring society down because it makes one person judge another person. And this this viewpoint is that that's uh, old-fashioned thinking. And you want to you want to progress to the point where <clears throat> you want to be above that thinking and you don't want to uh, put your views upon someone else. Okay, because that's old fashioned thinking. And now you want to live a life of, quote, liberty. You want to live a life that um, that is free from uh, oppression and intolerance and uh, bigotry and hatred. And so they project all these things on on religious people or like Christians. Mainly it's Christians because Christians have a, this standard of morality, right and wrong, that comes from God, not from man. And so they want to have freedom from that because they, they consider that um, um, an oppressive way of thinking. So again, this is sort of the viewpoint, as McGee's pointing out, of the humanists, of the atheist philosophy, uh, or, uh, and even the, the socialism. Uh, or the communism philosophy, that because um, all of uh, humans uh, are have these unequal lives <clears throat> and unequal unequal existences, there are some people who are rich and some people who are poor, and it's really um, more of a random chance. Why are the rich rich? You're just rich because of your own circumstances. You know, you were born into a wealthy family or you were born into a better neighborhood or you had opportunities that maybe somebody else didn't have and that only through, um, and that's a social injustice. And so only through government and only through elected politicians, if those right people are in power, that those people are have this moral calling to redistribute the wealth of society or to redistribute people's possessions so that they will create a more fair society. And so again, this is what the socialism uh, movement or the communism movement is all about. So that um, man, uh, it's up to man to solve uh, man's problems. Okay? And so... <clears throat> The people who are in power obviously uh, feel like they have this moral calling and that in in the name of the poor, they will uh, enforce whatever viewpoint they have. And of course, it always leads to corruption and um, 
it always leads to more and more um, uh, oppression of people. And of course, they end up um, taxing so many people and everybody, uh, nobody feels like they need to work. The more and more people, they just get real complacent. And there's this sense of this lack of responsibility and accountability uh, in people. Uh, they're they're only poor or without possessions because they were um, uh, oppressed by someone else, and so therefore someone else should be taxed, and you deserve their possessions. And so it, it's more and more of this kind of thinking, and then you get to the point where um, all people are morally sort of dependent on the morality that comes from other men in the government uh, to redistribute the wealth and and create a more fair society, a more fair way for people to live with one another. This is, again, these are deeper thoughts, uh, but this is the way um, the socialism, uh, uh, the politics of socialism work. And, of course, McGee's pointing this out, that um, mankind um, will uh, never be able to solve social injustice. Um, mankind can never uh, right uh, all the wrongs uh, that, that people perceive they have. Only God can. And uh, for thousands and thousands of years, uh, socialism has been trying to create just societies and societies where people um, uh, have that sense of fairness and uh, none of it ever, ever works. And of course, it assumes uh, this, um, it, it assumes its own morality and it's a sort of a politics of morality. And again, it, it um, really does not except that God is the only one that um, can bring justice. God is the only one that will right the wrongs. And uh, it basically uh, allows man to, to create his own uh, sort of accountability system. So anyways, uh, just kind of off on a tangent uh, a little bit there, but just sort of digging deeper into this thinking um, this uh, moral, this this uh, trying to gain wisdom just for the sake of morality. And of course, this is a humanistic morality. And so uh, we're back to this very uh, cold way of looking at morality, a morality without God's uh, um, wisdom. So basically, you get the, the only way you can drill down on this, this humanistic um socialistic approach is uh, the living know they will die. Uh, This is in verse 5. But the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. So basically you're here uh, and then once you die, you're gone. So boom, that's it. So, um, So, and then he says, their love and their hate and their envy have already perished and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. So we have all this stuff and uh, all these things, um, the same thing is going to happen no matter how good you are or how bad you are. Um, 
You can you can live a wise life or a foolish life, or a wicked life or a good life, or an evil life or a good life. You know, you can sacrifice or not. You can swear oaths or not. Um, the thing, the same thing's going to happen to everybody. Okay, and once you're dead, all of your thoughts and your passions and your love and your hate are all gone, and they're all forgotten. <laughs> sounds sounds um sounds pretty cold and callous right there. So then he gets in verse seven. He says, "Okay, now this is the way. This is the way it all comes down because the only thing we all have in common is death." Okay, um, so um. He says, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Okay? So if you have some bread to eat, you might as well enjoy it. And if you have some wine, you might as well drink it and have a good time because, um, you know what? God's already approved uh, that, you know, you're going to die. Okay? And you might as well live for today. Verse 8, let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking from your head. In other words, you know, dress, you know, with a, uh, um, I think white was a, was something that would uh, approve, would be in God's approval. And of course, oil on your head would be sort of, uh, you know, living an anointed life, um, sort of a righteous appearing life. Um, you know, do, you know, let everything you do appear to be well. Verse 9, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your life, all the days of your vain life that he's given you under the sun because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. So you might as well enjoy you know, your life and your family and whatever you're going to do uh, because your your life is vain. You're, you're not even going to be around Next time you turn around, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol. In other words, in the grave to which you're going. You are going to the grave, folks. So enjoy your your life that you have here and work as hard as you want to work because once you get in the grave, your work is over. Work time's over. Okay, and so you kind of come to the conclusion that there's really nothing left after this life. Okay, so live a good life. And then now in verse 11, he says, again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all, for man does not know his time. So in other words, um, life's just one big gamble. Okay? It's everything, no matter how good you are or powerful you are, it's just when your time's up, your time's up. For man does not know his time. This is verse 12. Like fish that are taken in an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. Okay? So you're just sort of like a fish or a bird, you know? You you may carry a lot of things around with you, 
You know, you may think you have some knowledge or some possessions, um, but really, it's just time and chance, and after that, there's really nothing nothing left, okay? And um, it's just like, when your time's up, it's just like a fish caught in a net or a bird caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. Okay, um, verse 13, we'll drop down to finish up 13 and 14. Verse 13, I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. We'll, we'll pick up um, there tomorrow, but at least from from what we've been able to to go through today, um, you can see this strong humanistic approach to um, to wisdom. This is, you know, as McGee says, you know, this is Solomon's talking about what Karl Marx is talking about long before Karl Marx ever thought about it. You know, so Solomon's all over this. You know, Solomon is dissecting out the. The, the wisdom of the socialistic thinking and the humanistic thinking, you know. Solomon's all over what Carl Sagan, you know, was, was talking about with, you know, his atheism. So, again, I think atheism and humanism really appeal to people uh, because they basically say, we're taking science you know, we're taking a scientific approach to looking at the world. Uh, Christians really aren't scientific people. They're the dumb ones because they're believing in fairy tales, you know. And we're going we're gonna to place our faith in science and just man's wisdom and man's philosophy, okay, because, again, people who try to practice uh, Christianity or, or these type of things, these people, um, the Christians, are intolerant people, you know, because of, again, like we said, the Christians have this sense of right and wrong and this um, judgment that comes from God. So the, the, the humanism person says, you know, well, that's oppressive to me. I don't want that. And then they say, well, we'll, uh, we'll call the Christian people oppressive and intolerant. And we're going to put our faith in our sciences. So therefore, the Christian person must be dumb because they don't know science. And we're going to place our faith on philosophy and call ourselves well-educated. And, of course, the Christian person is uneducated. And we're going we're gonna to live for a good time, you know. And the Christian person is just uh, prudish. They, are, they don't even know how to have a good time. And we're, gonna, we're going to uh, live in this world, and, um, and uh, we are going to... Um, uh, look at our successes and other people around us who are successful. We're going to follow their example because their example is uh, is successful, and so um, we're going to place a great value on wealth in society and possessions in society. And because people have different possessions, um, we're going to say that that's a moral wrong. And uh, people living unequal lives is a moral wrong. 
And so they begin to, to come up with their own virtues of society and their own morality of things, of societies that they come up with, that God has not come up with, that they've come up with. And then they come up with ways to enforce that. And then that's how you get these Marx, Marxist societies or socialistic societies. And so they take the approach that there's, since there's really no purpose to your life, once you're here, you know, you're here today and then you're basically gone tomorrow, there's no real purpose in your particular life. Once you go, you go. So if there's no real purpose in your life, there's no real purpose. Um, there's no real purpose uh, for you in life other than the fact that you just need to enjoy life and and uh and uh, hopefully we can make it an equal experience for you but after you're gone then you're it's just like you're really all you know the 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 atheistic person will and the humanistic person will say you know there's really no uh difference between an animal and man man is just an animal also okay so there's no real difference between a dog dying or a man dying or a woman dying or something like that. Of course, they that that viewpoint starts breaking down when it's their life. Um, but um, it's all about, in, in modern-day socialism, especially like in healthcare, it's all about the statistics. You know, how what percentage of people will survive and what percentage of people who don't. And a lot of times, you know, especially in more advanced socialistic societies, they'll say, well, you know, at a certain age, for a certain medical condition, that person really doesn't qualify for the treatment. Okay? We don't, they don't meet the criteria to have that surgery. You know? And so it becomes... More because we're redistributing the wealth of society, so now we have to take on. We're doing that for a moral authority, so now we're going to not only redistribute the wealth of society, we're going to redistribute who has access to uh, that particular service because we have to redistribute society because government then takes on the moral authority for that. And it's not. The sovereignty of the person anymore. It's not that. It's government takes on that role. So again, um, uh, just a, a really in-depth look at living um, uh, uh, for the for one's own morality for morality's sake. And when you when you try to live for a morality without God, you come up with all these man-made moralities. And of course. Uh, some of the ones that we're seeing today are uh, socialism, which is a man-made morality, and um, communism. And we, it's it's interesting that all of these old moralities, these these uh, old ideas of socialism and humanism, which is really re, repackaged atheism. These are so old. These all these ideas are really really old ideas of man-made morality, and it's just a new generation comes along. And um, <clears throat> comes to the same conclusion, comes to the same conclusion of thinking of, of life uh, as deep as they can think it through. But it's basically 
thinking it through as deep as they can without God. And then they always get to these same conclusions. So socialism, humanism are really not new cool ideas. They're just the same old ideas. The same old ideas that Solomon even wrote about. And, you know, Plato wrote about these things. All, all these people wrote about these these particular things. So, um, I hope this was insightful. I hope this was helpful. Um, and again, all of this, this, this thinking, this thinking about morality without, without God, man-made morality, it really does uh, call your heart for something else. Because all of these come up shallow. All of these come up uh, empty. These are empty philosophies. And uh, there's nothing to it because, again, in the end, everybody dies and everybody's life really has, really, it's a valueless uh, system. It's a valueless moral system. So, um, for me to all of you, uh, uh, God bless you. Um, I'll see you next time, and I'll turn the podcast now over to Matali. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and I'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 to 14. So in this section, um, we look at um, somebody who's living in the middle way of life a do-gooder, somebody who wants to um, live both ends of life, somebody who feels they can just get by just by doing good. So um, so it's this is a, a person who's in the middle of the road of life. So um, they think they can get to heaven on their own. Um, you know, this is man under the sun. This is a radical man. So, um, so this, this, particular section looks at um, pessimistic philosophy of life so we look at a pessimist who who just feels um, they can go with the crowd they can go with the wind so um, you know the main purpose of um, the book of Ecclesiastes is um, it speaks of um, a life apart from God you know no matter what you do no matter what philosophy you take in life as long as you are Apart from God, God is not in your everyday plans and in your everyday life. Um, this is all vanity and vexation of the spirit. And Solomon get, got to realize this after he tried out so many experiments. So, um, you know, it gives us the conclusion of um, the experiments of life um, under the sun without God. So, um, a Christian life um, is a life that's planned in heaven, not here under the sun. So, um, you know, all these experiments are what we experience in everyday modern contemporary life. And um, how are we living our lives? Are we including Christ in our lives? So a Christian life is in contrast to um, Ecclesiastes. Um, Ecclesiastes is a record of um, experiment of life under the sun without God. So Solomon tried everything. Solomon tried natural science. Solomon tried philosophy. Oh, sorry. Solomon tried psychology. He tried pleasure, riches, fame, religion. He tried it all. And his conclusion was, all this is vanity and vexation of the spirit. 
So life is empty without God and you can put, you know, the whole world in a human heart and yet the human heart will never be satisfied. It will keep wanting more and more and more. So, um, chapter one reads, For I considered all this in my heart so that I could declare it or that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love no hatred by anything they see before them. So, um, you know, you don't know how, um, how, um, you know, something in life is going to turn out or how it is. Um, if you just, you know, going by your life, you know, without God. So, um, you know, you and I don't know anything. The world is vast, it's big, it's full of mystery. You know, today people are not worried about the future because they don't, just don't know how it's going to turn out. They are living for the now. Um, and this is what this particular verse is talking about. Verse 2 goes on to read, All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good. Sorry, let me just read that again. All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he fears an oath. So here, um, you know, Solomon's experience, experiment in um in life the life of morality of a do-gooder it says um you know simply meaning it doesn't make any difference what direction you take it will come out the same so solomon is saying you know from this experience of morality and we find that thinking uh in a lot of people they say you know how come um you know whether you're rich um whether you are unclean whether you are righteous, whether you're not righteous, the outcome is the same. But guess what? You know, you and I don't know anything. You know, you can't just choose to take that this particular direction in life. You don't know life after death, what happens. You know, you have to be answerable to somebody. You cannot just say, we're all just going to end up the same. We're not animals. We're humans. We're created in the image of God. And, you know, for everything we do right now, you know, for everything we... We, we sow right now, we shall surely reap. Verse 3 goes on to read, This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Truly the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil madness, is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. So, um, you know, Simply put, um, you know, we're simply, you know, according to this experiment, um, you are simply um, a victim of circumstance. You know, therefore, you know, you need to share in the spoils of um, whatever you work for or you don't work for because, um, you know, there's just no fairness on this earth. You know, whether you work for it or you don't work for it, whether you live a life of sin, whether you don't live a life of sin, um, at the end of the day, the outcome is the same. You know, life is one big lottery. That's the conclusion of um, life under the sun. 
with this experience, with this experiment, you know, um, you know, experiment of morality of a do-gooder. Um, verse four goes on to read, but for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. So this, um, it's the idea, um, the idea is eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow you might die. You know, a fool and a wise man are all the same. That was the conclusion of this particular experiment of life under the sun and an experiment of a do-gooder, of, of morality. Um, verse 5 and 10 is a conclusion that um, man comes, um, you know, th that man comes to. It doesn't make much of a difference um, of what you are or, or you do under the sun. You know, Paul, for Paul, had actually like um, made a contrast. You know, if we look at this particular um, experiment that Solomon did, Paul had said, you know, um, absent from the body, present with the Lord, um, that where a person goes, um, you know, um, when a person dies, you know, the body goes back to... to, to, to to dust, but the soul goes back to the maker. So um, verse 5 here reads, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more rewards, for the memory of them is forgotten. So if we also go to verse 10, it talks about um, um, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So this conclusion of morality says, um, if you die, that's it. That's the end. But guess what? That's not the end. Um, the morality way of thinking, this is, um, you know, an atheist way of thinking, you know, where they just say, you know, when you die, um, that's it. You, you just, that's it. You're dead. You know, even your soul is gone and you're dead. But that's not the case. Your soul goes back to the maker and to go and face your judgment. How did you live your life on earth? Um, you know, you may leave the worldly things behind and your body goes back to, to, to you know, from dust, you, from dirt you were made and to dirt you, you shall go. But, you you know, Paul had written, um, you know, when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. So, um you know, how are you living your life today? You know, are you, did you plan ahead of life after death? Because there is life after death. Christ has promised us eternal life if we have faith in him and if we believe in him, if we are saved through Christ. So drop, uh, moving on to verse 6, um, it reads, Also, their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So here it says, um, you know, the conclusion was life is futile, purposeless, saying that um, man is an animal and he, he didn't come, um, but man didn't come from an animal. Uh, man was created in the image of God. So this was their conclusion, like, you know, whatever you do under the sun is futile. You know, whether you're living a righteous life, whether you're living a, uh, um, an ungodly life, you know, just live it up. It's Life is one big lottery. Verse 7 goes on to read, um, Go eat your bread 
with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already accepted your works. So this is life as a gooder, you know, believing um, in the good works that you do. Um, you know, eat, drink and be merry for, you know, you don't know what tomorrow will bring because um, it's your good deeds that will actually save you. So, um, you know, we will be having happy hour every day. Uh, be merry because you don't know when you're going to die. But <clears throat> it's not your works that will actually save you. <clears throat> and, you know, the thinking of a do-gooder, the thinking of all the atheists, like, you know, there's no life after here. Um, like, for them, for atheists, they, their conclusion is life is just here on earth and that's it. And, um, you know, the morality thinking, the contemporary thinking today is, if I just do, you know, good deeds and not offend anybody and not step on anyone's toes, then I, you know, that's, I will receive that salvation. But it doesn't work like that. So verse 8 goes on to read, um, Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. So, um, you know, dress up, you know, keep up the good front. Um, and, and be nice to everybody. That's what this um, verse is saying. Verse 9 goes on to read, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. So, um, you know, you find a lot of married people who are just, you know, just living their lives, you know, the middle way of life and doing good and getting by and everything is fine. You know, a lot of unsaved couples, you know, just living a good life. So um, here, you know, the conclusion in this particular verse is, you know, just live your life under the sun normally with, you know, um, with all the vanity and all and, you know, you get by in life. Verse 10 goes on to read... Um, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So here the conclusion is, you know, uh, when you put um, our body, when we put our bodies in the grave, you know, when we die, um, it won't do anything. So enjoy life today and do everything that you can do with all your might and, and all your passion. Um, don't forget, um, you know, um, that, you know, when you die, you know, everything dies with you. But, you know, one thing we shouldn't forget as human beings today is our spirit will go to the Creator. Verse 11 <clears throat> goes on to read, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift, nor the battle for the strong, nor bread for the wise, nor riches for men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. So, um, you know, this particular uh, verse deals with, um, you know, with social injustice and minority groups. So, um, life is a great lottery, and trust me, no matter how you live your life, you know, they're saying, you know, life isn't fair, you know, whatever you do. Um, you know, do it with your might because life is just unfair. Um, you may work hard and all, but you, you, you're still suffering and you may be poor and, you know, there's so much injustice going on. So, you know, um, if you, you know, 
the saying that goes, if you can't beat them, join them. So um, life is all by chance. You can't do much about it. This is the conclusion of this particular verse. So verse 12 and 13 looks at the materialistic philosophy. This is um, futilistic, you know, the, the futilistic viewpoint of life, you know, um, you know, life is like a fish caught up in um, in, 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 in a fisherman's net. So, you know, verse 11, verse, sorry, verse 12 to 13 reads, For man also does not know his time, like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it fails suddenly upon them. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. So here, um, you know, this is, it's a materialistic philosophical point of view, you know, you know, looking at life, um, life is unfair, you know, social injustice, you know, life is like, you know, you're a fish caught up in the net or, um, you know, you're, you're a bird caught up in a snare. You don't know what will happen to you. So live it up right now. Um, verse 14 reads, um, there was a little city with few men in it. And a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. So, um, you know, the conclusion of this particular verse is, how much longer can God give man time here on earth? You know, we have a limited time here on earth. And, you know, man's viewpoint is, you know, um, of all the minority groups, um, you know, you want to lift um, up the banner of the downtrodden and, um, you know, a dictator will emerge. Um, you know, the viewpoint of people is, let me speak for the downtrodden, the, you know, the social injustices, the minority groups, but in the end, what do you get out of it? You know, a dictator actually arises and, um, you know, somebody who feels they can solve all the problems of life without God, of life under the sun. You know, you feel, oh, hey, you know, there's so much social injustice. I'm going to look at the minority groups, up at all the downtrodden. You know, you find a little king rises. Um, like it says here, you find um, um, there's a, a little cry. There was a little city with few men in it. So this is the minority. And a great king came against it. So you find, you know, um, people tend to think, I can solve all the social injustices and problems of life today. And you find people cannot solve problems and social injustices. People cannot solve the problems of the world today. And this is how, where you find, um, you know, um, dictators arise and the social injustices and the downtrodden still continue. And um, you know, it's a vicious cycle. So at the end of the day, you know, you cannot live life apart from God under the sun you know, you cannot conclude your life, live it up today, because you may be absent from, when you die today, you may be absent from the body, but um, you're present in the spirit with God. Your spirit goes to the creator. You just don't die and go back to dirt. It's the body that just goes back to dirt. But the creator claims back the spirit, and there you shall be judged. So how are you living your life today? You know, don't live by these experiments. Add Christ back in the equation. Add Christ back in your life. So this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Thursday. Bye-bye.